Righteousness exalted the nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. This is God's word to all the nations, yesterday, today, and forever. Tonight I'm bringing a message on what is the flag, Grandpa, and I want us to think seriously about patriotism, what it means. So would you hear, please, the reading of God's word? I'm reading from 1 Corinthians chapter 16, beginning at verse 5. I will visit you after passing through Macedonia, for I intend to pass through Macedonia, and perhaps I will stay with you, or even spend the winter, so that you may send me on my way wherever I go. I do not want to see you now, just in passing, for I hope to spend some time with you, if the Lord permits. But I will stay in Ephesus until Pentecost, for a wide door for effective work has opened to me, 
and there are many adversaries. If Timothy comes, see that he has nothing to fear among you, for he is doing the work of the Lord just as I am. Therefore let no one despise him. Send him on his way in peace, so that he may come to me, for I am expecting him with the brothers. Now concerning our brother Apollos, I strongly urged him to visit you with the other brothers, but he was not at all willing to come now. He will come when he has the opportunity. Keep alert. Stand firm in your faith. Be courageous. Be strong. Let all that you do in love. I'd like to read again that 13th verse. Keep alert. Stand firm in your faith. Be courageous. Be strong. Let all that you do be done in love. The Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. O Lord, your will be done, nothing more, nothing less, nothing else. And we'll be sure to give you the praise for this and all things. It's in your name. Amen. What is it about the flag that stirs such deep emotions within us? What is it about that piece of cloth, the red, white, and blue, that musters such deep grandeur and pride and joy in our minds and hearts? I like the explanation of one older man who answered the question of his grandson when his grandson said, What is the flag, Grandpa? This is the explanation his grandfather offered. Well, son, the flag is a bit of cloth and a bit of love and a bit of blood and a bit of hope, all woven together and crowned with stars. It is everything we know this country to be and everything we expect this country to be and everything we pray that this country will be. The reason I like that explanation is simply because it implies that the symbol and the reality are one. We cannot separate the flag from what America really is. Every time that flag is unfurled, we sense the ideal of the American dream. And somehow we hear these words. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal that they are endowed by their Creator with certain inalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Every time that flag is unfurled, we hear the words, I am the nation. Listen, I was born on July the 4th, 1776, and the Declaration of Independence is my birth certificate. The bloodlines of the world run in my veins because I offer freedom for the oppressed. I am many things and many people. I am the nation. And then it ends like this. Yes, I am the nation. I was conceived in freedom, and God willing, in freedom, I will spend the remainder of my days. Every time that flag is unfurled, in our imagination, we hear the fife and drums, and we see the rocket's red glare and the bombs bursting in air, and we immediately begin to think of all the heroes and heroines who have sacrificed for our freedom and made it possible. What is the flag, Grandpa? In the words of Grandpa, it's a bit of love. It's a bit of love. And some quarters in the United States today, patriotism seems to be considered out of date. In other words, it's downright evil in some people's minds. It is true, of course, that Christianity is beyond and above nationalism. Christianity is universal in its appeal, and it never subscribes to any human form of government. Christianity always puts God first above the nation. So not many Christians want to be connected with a noisy, patriot, empty kind of patriotism. 
In other words, we as a people, though, need to have a vital, learned, and thought-out process of what this country means to us and of what it means to love this country. I remember a few years ago in one of the services we had in the church, nearest Fourth of July, we had an appreciation service for God and country. I remember after one of those services, a man came to see me on Monday, and he wanted to know why we held that service. And I said, well, basically for two reasons. First of all, there is something in the Scripture called the theology of blessing. It's in the wisdom literature, and it suggests that we be thankful for our blessings. And I said, the second reason we held this service is simply because we love our country. And he bowed his head, and he, he said, I just wanted to know. A few years ago, I was riding in another city, and I came up behind this automobile that had a bumper sticker. It simply said, America, love it or leave it. I find it rather easy to be sympathetic with that slogan, simply because I find so much in America to love. But it brings up the question, how should we love our country? How should a Christian who puts God first love his or her country? What does it mean to be a Christian patriot? Surely to love our country does not mean that we don't own up to its mistakes and its problems. Someone said that a good wife will do everything in the world for her husband except one thing. She won't stop criticizing him. Why? Because she wants to make him better. She wants him to live at his best. Beloved, whatever our patriotic thoughts are, and I hope they're deep and I hope they're real, we must remember always to be both critical and loving when we think about our nation. We must remember our wider allegiance to a greater kingdom than simply our nation. Edith Caldwell, a British patriot nurse in 1915, was facing her death. As she faced the firing squad, this is what she said, standing as I do in view of God in eternity, I realize that patriotism is not enough. I must have no hatred or bitterness toward anyone. She was simply saying, be a patriot, sure. But she was also saying, don't forget the wider allegiance you have to someone else. Hear the words of the Savior. He says, come to me, all who, who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For he said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. In the end, all of us are going to have to give up our allegiances to our homelands. We're going to have to give them up, and we'll do it joyfully because we are members of a greater kingdom than all of our nations put together. But that eternal truth does not mean that we're not supposed to love our country. We are. Chanting USA, USA, USA from some stadium is more than a slogan with some of us. We really do love our country. Our forefathers came over, and they gained this freedom, and then they passed it on to their children's children, and it's still being passed on today. Every time we hear the Declaration of Independence read, it makes us want to give a strong affirmation. Every time we hear the Bill of Rights, we want to stand more erect. And every time we hear the Constitution of the United States read, we have a deeper appreciation for those people who wrote it and for those people who defended the people that they were about. And every time we sing, God bless America, every time we sing, America, America, God shed his grace on thee, crown thy good with brotherhood from sea to shining sea, we have a deep affection toward this country of ours. As that grandfather said, it's a bit of love. And then secondly, what is the flag, Grandpa? It's a bit of blood. 
it's a bit of blood. Listen to these words. You've heard them before. And I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee, and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. These words, as you remember, were read by the Reverend John Robinson to the pilgrims shortly before they set out to embark to find a home and a new world. They set out to find a home that would not only bless them, but would bless all humankind as well. And they were sustained during those early years in New England, those cold winters, by this, this belief and faith in this high destiny that is sent 